Well, good evening. How many of you know the name Kim Reynolds? Kim Reynolds is the Iowa governor. And just a few short weeks ago, she signed into bill, into the bill of law, the heartbeat law. The heartbeat law simply states that once a heartbeat is detected in a pregnant woman, then the abortion becomes illegal. It is without, with very few exceptions to that rule. Sadly, Iowa is the only state in the union with such a law, but what a good start, huh? Since January 1st over three of this year, over 360 abortions have been legally performed in the United States of America. As Americans, we've allowed that to happen. We've allowed 360,000 unborn babies to be taken before they ever had a chance at life. Over 60 million babies have been aborted since Roe versus Wade became law in 1973. 60 million babies. One day a young woman walked into a pregnancy crisis center. She was very distraught and upset and she was looking for counseling. You see the problem was she wasn't pregnant but she had been pregnant and she had given abortion to the baby. When she had done that she realized right away that what she did was wrong and that she really didn't want to do that. She was feeling so extremely depressed and guilty that she became overwhelmed and didn't know what to do and thought that her life was, was over. But she talked to the counselor, and the counselor shared one of the New Testament Bibles that the Gideons provide to all the clinics and the pregnancy crisis centers and nurses stations, and she shared a couple of verses in that New Testament with this young woman and started to talk to her about what had taken place. The first one she shared came from Romans 3.23. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. She let this woman know that yes, her sin was bad. Yes, it was a tough thing to do. But she was not alone. And there wasn't anyone in this world that is without sin. Romans 3.23 makes that very clear to all of us. In 1 John 1.9 she shared, But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Well, the counselor gave the woman the New Testament to read while she left the room. She had to go take care of a couple of things real quick. When she came back, what she found was that the young woman had given her life to Christ. You see, in the back of the New Testaments, there's a place to, of the Gideon's New Testament, there's a place of sign of confession to Christ, giving your life over to Christ. She had been overwhelmed and had read those verses and realized, yes, she had sinned, but that Christ was quick to forgive her her sins since she was able to confess those sins to him. And he forgave her of her sins. She signed that, and when she signed the committal page at the back of the New Testament, she was born again and free from the sin and the guilt and all the hurt that she felt. Who are the Gideons? Gideons are born-again business and professional Christian men. Since its inception, there are 171,000 members current across the globe. All members are accountable to God and one another, and the ministry of the Gideons International in seeking to reach the lost for Christ. Isaiah 55:11 tells us, So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, 
but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I have sent. Since 1908, Gideons have placed more than 2 billion Bibles across the globe in over 200 countries in over 195, or excuse me, 95 different languages. This past year alone, the Gideons presented 87 million scriptures around the globe. Each year for the past six years, we've averaged an average of 85 million scriptures per year presented. Locally, some of the places that we participate in, and maybe some of you have seen us there, is the Potato Blossom Festival, which comes up uh, shortly in, uh, in Fort Fairfield. Uh, we've been very successful in passing out scriptures at the Potato Blossom Festival. Another one is the Northern Main Fair. Uh, we do that every year. That's a week-long event, and we set up a tent there, and we pass out scriptures there. And then we also hand out scriptures at the University of Maine in Prescott and at the Northern Maine Fair and, uh, and at the Northern Maine Community College. And I have to apologize real quick, but I think, Jack, when we were going through these papers, I've got my, uh, <laughs> I've got some of my paperwork messed up, but we'll get it. We also pass out scriptures to hospitals and clinics. We pass out personal New Testaments to people that we meet on the street. Um, just to give you one example, a young lady at a local post office up there in uh, the county here recently was having problems with her marriage, and she was kind of telling me that, and I just said, I'll be right back, and I, I went out to my pickup, and I brought in a copy of the New Testament, and I handed that to her, and I said, please read this. When you're feeling down and you're feeling lost, all the answers to life's problems lie in this little book. You know, Jesus gave us all the instructions that we needed to get through this life. And that is, you know, you can go to counselors, you can go to doctors, you can go to therapists, but no one knows the answers like the Lord Jesus Christ and our God does. And all of his answers can be found right here in this scripture. We also pass out Bibles to camps. We've been fortunate to go around to some of the logging camps, to some of the, uh, some of the camps that you... Um, see around the lakes, for instance, like, uh, you know, there's been a few around the last year. Um, Brian and I went around, we passed some out to some of the, even some of the smaller camps that maybe only house one or two people. We, we took some out to places where, um, you know, obviously it was a bigger camp. But it doesn't matter to the size of the camp. What matters is, is that the word gets passed out, that the, the Lord's word is passed out to everybody that we can reach in any way that we possibly can. Well, another place that we're probably most famous for, or most known, I should say, for passing out the Gospels, is the hotels and motels. Brian and I last year visited a motel, and we stopped in there, and we asked if we could check the rooms for Bibles and, and place some New Testaments. I would like to read you a quote as to what we were told when we asked that. We were told we do not have Bibles in our rooms. And we don't want them. That set us back a little bit, uh, as you can imagine. It was a point-blank statement. We have no word for the no use for the word of God here in our hotels, and we just simply said thank you. We turned around and we walked away. That surprised me quite a bit to hear that. But uh, just 
I'm going to say probably two weeks later, my wife says to me, she says, honey, have you seen this article that was uh, in the newspaper today? And I said, no. It was a Fox News survey. Fox News had done a survey about how Bibles are disappearing from hotel rooms. And that the gist of it was they thought that the millennial apathy could be the cause. You know that in two, since 2006, or during 2006, 95% of all hotel rooms contain Gideon Bibles. Today, less than 79% contain the Gideon's Bibles. There were three reasons given for this. The first reason, and I think some of us can probably somewhat comprehend this, but I'll give you a couple of testimonies that will kind of refute this. But the first reason was Wi-Fi. It was felt that with most hotels providing Wi-Fi service, that those who desired a Bible can download it, and they don't need to have a printed Bible there. But here's a thought. Not everyone who visits a hotel brings a computer. Not everyone has an iPad or a smartphone. Not everyone in, de in desperate situations takes time to research the problems that they have on the computer. Sometimes when we're going through hard times, we don't think about, I'm going to go and sit down and try to look this up on the computer. But the Lord speaks to us. He may put us in the right place at the right time, and there could be a Gideon's Bible sitting right there. And, and most testimonies that you hear of, people open the book, and it's like the, the, the verses are right there for them to read that addresses the situations that they have. I'm going to read you a testimony uh, that deals with this. Some stories are from those who checked into a room when they felt all hope was lost, only to discover peace and joy that comes from reading the good news. At the age of 45, I lost my job and began drinking heavily. Eventually, my drinking problem and my overall demeanor became so terrible that my wife, 27 years, left me, and my children stopped speaking to me. I lost our home, I lost the cars, and essentially all of our possessions. I was a homeless man that was left to wander the streets. I ate out of garbage cans. I drank anything with alcohol in it. I was truly a lost soul. I stayed that way for three long years until I finally decided to check into a Samaritan shelter. While there, I turned where I could buy drugs. One night, when I decided I had suffered all I can stand, I bought a large amount of heroin. My intention was to inject the entire amount at once in an effort to kill myself. With the money I had left, I checked into a hotel. As I sat on the bed with the drugs next to me, I opened the nightstand drawer in hopes of finding a notepad on which to scribble a few last words. Instead, when I opened the nightstand, I found a Gideon's Bible. I turned to John 3, a scripture reference I remembered from many years ago when I attended church. I came across John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believed in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. I set the Bible down on the table and I prayed. God, 
if you came to save this world, please save me. At once I felt as if a light was shining on me. And I knew that I was not only loved, but my life meant something to God. I flushed the drugs down the toilet, and I gave my life to the Lord. But we don't need Bibles in hotels, do we? <clears throat> Another person, who remember just shortly, uh, just a short time ago, the shooting that took place in Las Vegas. Here's a testimony from a young woman in Las Vegas. Las Vegas Gideons in Las Vegas recently received a note from Kate Moore following the recent tragic shooting. Kate was staying at Mandalay Bay, just doors from the shooter. Being raised in a Christian home and currently active in her faith, she knew where to turn for comfort. A Bible placed by the Gideons was waiting in her hotel room. On the day that Kate checked out of the hotel, she sent the following text to her mom. She said, I left a note in the Bible of my room saying this is where I was when this tragic incident took place. I wish hope, love, peace, and faith to anyone who reads it. I let them know that God is bigger than the plans, power, and workings of the devil. I have never been so thankful for the Gideons. It was nice to have a printed Bible this trip instead of using my phone. In our digital world, this timely reminder shows the relevance of placing printed Bibles in hotels and motels. Wi-Fi cannot replace the actual Word of God as written in the printed editions of His Word. The second reason given for Bibles being removed from hotels was complaints by guests. Some guests obviously are atheists. They don't believe in the word of God. And they don't want it or they go up and they complain to management. Why do I stay in a hotel room and I pay my money and then I have to open up this drawer and see a Bible sitting there? I don't believe in God. I don't want the Bible there. People actually file complaints in hotels because they are offended that the word of God is in the, is in the rooms. Another one is other faiths. One of the problems that they face today, obviously, is there are so many different faiths out there today. Uh, you can go anywhere from, from um, uh, the Mormons or, you know, or uh, Allah or any of those different, different faiths that are out there today. And people will stay at the hotels and say, well, you've got the Christian Bible there. Why don't you have my Bible there? And so they receive so many complaints that they felt that it was just easiest and best to pull the Bibles from some of these hotels. Non-believers today are trying to rid God's word from being claimed, uh, or trying to rid God's word by claiming to be offended. John 19.3 says, And they began to come up to him and say, Hail, King of Jews, and to give him slaps in the face. People were offended by God then, and people are offended by God today. And that was that's some of the reasons that they don't want to have the Bibles in there. The third thing, and probably one of the most distressing, is the millennials. What they are saying, these are children, the millennials are children of the baby boomer generation. 
I'm probably on the younger side of the scale of the baby boomer generation, but their children, they're our children and our grandchildren is what they are. Age 13, uh, 18 to 34, born 1982 to present. The 2015 census showed that there were 75.4 million baby boomers, uh, millennials in this generation, surpassing the baby boomer generation which is at 74.9 million. In recent years, the Marriott Hotel launched what was called the Millennial Geared Moxie and Edition Hotels. Management refrained from stocking rooms with Bibles altogether. The quote from management was this, the religious books don't fit the personality of the brands, the millennials the people that we are trying to reach and draw into our motels and our hotels. The Pew Center Research Center, quote, to date, millennials are the least outwardly religious generation in American history. Now, please, let me, let me just say this. I know we have that generation in our churches, and thank God for that. But when you look at the overall picture and what is happening to this country, when you look at what is happening in the schools with the shootings and all the things that are taking place and how morals and, and ethics and respect and responsibility, honor to parents, honor to our pastors, to our teachers, to authority has taken such a nosedive, how can we but question how true that this research center's uh, synopsis is of what is actually taking place here in this, in this world? So how should Gideons react to these situations? Well, 1 Peter 3.15 tells us, But in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet, do it with gentleness and do it with respect. As a Gideon, should I be dissuaded by the fact that there are hotels out there that don't want the Lord's scripture in their rooms? Just the opposite. Most of us feel that that just gives us more reason to go out and try to reach as many as we possibly can because we know we're living in a lost world and we know that there are forces that are trying to take God's word out of everything and he has charged us to do his work and we need to get out there and be diligent in what we're doing and to present these hotels with Bibles. And guess what? The same, church, uh, the same hotel that told us no a few years ago, that won't be the last time we visit them. We'll keep trying and we'll keep trying and we'll keep trying until someday somebody says we would love to have the word of God in our hotel. And we will keep that up. The reason that we place Bibles in hotels is more impactful than the number of Bibles that we actually place. It says more about our witness that we care enough about people's souls to do what it takes to make the Bible available. It holds each and every one of us, not just the Gideons, everyone here in this room, everyone who goes out and teaches the Word of God, talks the Word of God, it holds us all together accountable to associating together through service and serving the Lord the way that we should. It helps us as Gideons to connect with pastors, with church congregations, hotel management. With these relationships, we have the opportunity to partner financially so that Bibles can be reprinted and placed. 
Every Bible that is placed in a motel or hotel room has to potential to reach more than 2,300 people in its lifetime. One of the things that we do as Gideons is not only do we place Bibles in the hotel rooms, we also go out and we inspect them to make sure that they're still in good wear. When they're not in good wear, we take that Bible out of service. But think about the fact that that Bible we've taken out of service had the potential to reach over 2,300 people. And we replace it with a new one that has a potential to reach another 2,300 people. So do we need Bibles in hotels? I think we do. Call to action. Getting God's word out to lost souls across the globe takes teamwork. All of us are part of God's team of missionaries. Whether it be us as Gideons, missionaries in the field, people that come and work and teach at the wilderness day camps, the good news clubs, the Sunday schools, the Bible studies, every single one of us are part of God's team and getting the word out to everyone out there that is lost and needs the Lord's instructions to get their lives back online. We are all part of that same team. We might have a different part of the mission that we do, but we work together to make sure that we all come together as one as the Lord wants us to. As Gideons, we belong to a local church. I happen to belong to the Mountain View Bible Church in Eagle Lake. Um, proud, I'm a proud member to be there. I love the Lord, I love that church and the people there, and I'm, I'm very, very happy to be in that church. And I'm very blessed to know people like your pastor, Jack, and, and Al and his wife uh, that serve at the Good News at the uh, Wilderness Day Camp, and, uh, you know, and, and many, more of, many more of you here. And uh, we all work together, whether it be uh, through our songs at the kitchen parties or whether it be through... The, the teaching or the bus driving or the, the Sunday school classes or the pastor's messages, we are all part of God's team. And we are all here for one purpose and one purpose only. And that is to get his word out to lost souls across the globe. And we do that by presenting the gospel to people who truly need that. What can you do to help us? First and foremost, obviously, is to pray for us. I can tell you that there is no one involved with any kind of mission that doesn't need the Lord's prayer, or that doesn't need your prayers to the Lord to help us out. Every single one of us are human beings. We are not perfect like He is, and we need your prayers to help us stay in line to do the job effectively the way that He wants us to do it. We need we need the resources to meet the demands to be able to get these Bibles out to these places. We are all those in need are able to receive a copy of God's word. One of the last things, and, and the Gideons had struggled with this across the globe. There was actually a, a, a man that came and spoke at the pastor's banquet that talked about a mission that they had been on. They were so short of Bibles that they were literally reaching out across the globe to try to get more to come in in a hurry so that they could present the people over there with a copy of God's word. Uh, so... You know, it, it just goes to show that as, as funding starts to drop and interest starts to drop, so too does the ability to be able to get the, the word out to everybody that needs a copy of God's word. And there are a lot of people that need that today. Our mission, all of us, is to reach the unreachable. 
You can participate. And Al, I won't pick on you. I said I was going to, but I won't. One of the weak areas we have currently right now in Aroostook County, and Aroostook County as a whole, is membership. Our membership has been dwindling rapidly over the last uh, couple of years. There's no one real strong point in why that is happening other than we've had some, some strong members that passed away in the past three, four years, and we've had several members move away in the past uh, several years. The problem is we're struggling to find people to take their place. As I said earlier, what we're looking for is professional men who are devoted to the Lord Jesus Christ and wants to serve him and have the ability to be able to help us to do that. We are in strong need of your help. If you can't do that on your own for reasons of being uh, busy or whatever, please think about us. And if you can think of someone in your church or someone in another church that may be able to do that and help serve the Lord, then please let us know. Please let them get a hold of us. We need your help desperately in this mission. Matthew 6.24 says this, No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. I brought this verse up for a very simple reason. When I go around and I talk to people about becoming a member of the Gideons, one of the things that they tell us is that they're too busy. I know that a lot of us are very busy in doing the Lord's work, but there are a lot of people out there that are very busy in doing the world's work. And that verse speaks to that. I believe in my heart that it speaks to that. If you're so busy doing things uh, for, for neighbors or for the community or for clubs like, the, let's say, the Lions Club or the, the American Legion or the Snowmobile Club or ATV clubs. or You know, you can make a whole host of a list of things that we can consume our time with. But are we using our time effectively for the Lord? What is more important, to serve the Lord with our time or to serve our community with our time? This Verse 624, Matthew 624, no man can serve two masters. We have a choice. Do we serve the world or do we serve the Lord? Because if we don't make that choice, we're going to hate one and love the other. Which one do we love? Which one do we hate? And then we would despise one or the other. I would like to think that most of us, when faced with that decision, are going to choose to love the Lord, to serve the Lord, and certainly not despise the Lord. If we have to be given a choice in serving, hope it touches your hearts to think about, are you using time doing menial things that could be used in serving the Lord? If you come to that decision, please let us know because we can help you. I would bet you that Jack could probably help you and Al would probably could use your help so I'm not just speaking on just the Gideon's behalf, but as the mission across the whole aspect of that. The other way that you can help us is through the Gideon's gift card program. 
And we have a short three-minute video that I would like for you to, to watch. You want to give them a special gift. One that's unique. One that will last. But in a world of temporary... What can you give? Give a Gideon card. The greeting card that changes everything. Gideon cards are beautiful expressions of faith, hope, and love. But Gideon cards give you a unique way to share a gift of lasting significance with those you love. Unlike other greeting cards, Gideon cards are actually free. And when you give a Gideon card, you donate scriptures that God can use to change lives for eternity. And the process is simple. Choose your card. Write your note. Send your card. And donate Bibles. Each year, Gideon's placed some 90 million scriptures into the hands of people in over 195 countries all over the world. People who need the kind of change that only God can bring. I picked up a Gideon's Bible and read it and became immediately peaceful um, in a way that I had never experienced at the time. The next occasion you have to honor someone special Give them a Gideon card and change a life. Give a voice to your faith in times of joy and sorrow, reflection and celebration, prayer and thanksgiving. Share a Gideon card to express your faith, encourage others, and change lives for eternity. So don't wait. Give the greeting card that changes everything. Send a Gideon card online at sendtheword.org or select a card from the display in your church. Either way, you can give a special gift that's unique and will last. Gideon cards, send the word and change a life. Visit sendtheword.org today. Gideon cards, send the word and change a life. Have you purchased a, a gift card lately? Like a, a Mother's Day card or a graduation card or a birthday card? They're, they're upwards of like seven, eight dollars now, I think, for, for a decent card. Our Gideon's cards are free for all of you to use. And what, what better gift can you give than to show someone that you care enough about them that you were putting funding out there to purchase Bibles to get the Word of God out to many, many people? The other uh, thing that we have, uh, part of the gift card program, is we have memorial cards for services, for funeral services. We have thank you cards. We have um, um, in recognition cards, which are great cards for a graduation this time of year. Uh, thinking of you cards. And as I said, they are all free to you to use. Uh, and we also have little packets that can go along with if you do decide to buy a commercial card. There are little packets that you can use to put in those as well to uh, get the word out to uh, many people. 
We also have, uh, if you go on the Gideons.org site, there are e-cards that can be sent for special occasions. So there's lots of opportunities there to, to get the cards and get those out uh, to folks. And how they work basically is that they, you take the card, you write what you want to in your inscription, and you send that to the person. But along with that, you make a donation to the Gideons for a certain amount of Bibles in, uh, you know, in regards to the person that you're sending that to. So not only are you touching the person uh, that you're sending that to, but at the same time, you're also helping to uh, support the Gideon program and getting scriptures out to many people. The other thing that we have available is this is the Life Book. The Life Book is available to pastors and youth pastors to give out to high school students. And it's just a short uh, uh, lessons and um, is very helpful in trying to reach that age group in coming to know Christ. As I talked about earlier, a little bit earlier, about the millennial situation and what was going on there, one of the things I'd like to share with you is that when we go and we provide the scriptures at the colleges, one of the things that I saw early on that really uh, struck me hard was the division of this country accepting the word of God compared to other countries accepting the word of God. What I mean by that is if you go to any of the local colleges, you know that there's a quite a diversity of people that from all over the globe that go to our colleges right here in Arista County. We've had people from Africa and Haiti and all over the globe that are attending our churches, our, our colleges, I'm sorry. And what we've seen is, is that the majority of those students are excited to receive a copy of the gospel, the New Testament. So much so that last year we were passing some out at the uh, Northern Maine Community College. One individual took this, this, the Bibles, came back, and asked if he could have another one for a friend. Then he went back into the cafeteria, came back, and bought the two Gideons, and unfortunately I wasn't one of them, but he bought the two Gideons that were there lunch because he was just so thankful and so appreciative of the fact that he was able to get the word of God presented to him. Contrast to that, sadly, a lot of the kids, the majority of the kids right here in the United States will walk away from you as soon as they see you standing in the corridor getting ready to pass the scripture out to them. One of the things that we see a lot is occasionally you'll see an American citizen start to walk up to one of us, but might be with three or four people, and the three or four people may say, I'm not interested in that, and you see them start to steer back and walk back away with them. So you know that peer pressure is pushing hard on these kids. So we need to pray for them. We need to pray for them diligently. We also have seen where some kids will say, sure, I'll take that. They take it in, and when we're done at the end of the day, we go into the cafeteria and we pick up all the ones that were left sitting on the tables stacked up there. So it's a real struggle to reach the kids here in America right now. And it's, a, it's, it's not that same way with kids from around the globe, kids from other countries. We have to ask ourselves, what is happening, what is taking place here that we're losing our kids and their kids are so hungry to hear the word of God. And we need to pray for that. We need to pray for that as a congregation and as a nation and help to get our kids back online where they should be. 
The other thing that you can do is you can join the Friends of the Gideons. Friends of the Gideons is a, is a chapter that you can, uh, on Gideons.org, that you can join up and just simply, there are several different ways that they list there that you're able to help us with our, with our mission. And the last way is to give. Those who have received the Gideon's Bible were a direct result of your generosity. The one thing is that Gideon's that we want you to know is that all of the administrative costs, all of the funding that, that goes into the things that we do collectively as Gideon's, we take care of either by ourselves or it comes out of uh, membership money, uh, that sort of thing. Nothing is taken from donations that we receive from you folks. Every single penny that you donate goes directly to providing the gospel to somebody across the globe. Every penny is don donated solely for that purpose. $1.25 will place a Gideon's New Testament into the hands of someone who may be led to Christ. Just $1.25 will, will give one of these to a person either, as I said, on the street, in a clinic, as we talked about the young lady that had gone to the pregnancy care center. We pass these out to nurses' stations, to hospitals. I'm hoping to um, contact the Arrested County Jail in the next couple of weeks and see if we can bring some Bibles down to them. One of the things that I mentioned earlier uh, was the fact that we go and when we check in hotels, and we take Bibles out of service, those Bibles aren't thrown away. They're repurposed. What they're doing now is they're taking the hard covers off of the Bibles and putting soft covers on them and making them available for prison ministries. So we can still reach the prisoners and people out across the globe that way with Bibles that we've taken out of service from the hotels and motels. Five dollars of your donations will place one of these full-size Gideon's Bible in every hotel and motel room. And think about the fact, what I said earlier, that one of these, just one of these, has the ability in its lifetime to reach 2,300 people when placed in a motel or hotel room. $125 will provide a box of 100 copies of the New Testament to men, women, and children who live in a country where people struggle to just survive. They can't afford to purchase God's word. That's why it's so important for our mission to get the word of God across the globe. I just want to take the time to just thank each and every one of you for allowing me to come here and speak tonight to explain to you what the Gideons do, tell you why we do it, and most importantly, the need that we have. That there's so many souls out across the globe, not just here in our own country, but across the globe that have never heard the word of God. There are so many people who are lost, have lost their way, have had things happen to them that make them question whether their life is truly valuable. Every single person's life is valuable. Every single one of those millions of babies that the United States has allowed to have their lives taken before they ever had a chance to live, those lives were valuable. But you know, how do people know unless they know the truth? And the only way that they can know the truth is by reading the only book that contains 100% truth, and that's the Word of God. Let us pray. 
Heavenly Father, we just thank you for bringing us all here. We thank you, Lord, for allowing us to, to learn your word, to learn the things that are going on in this world, to know where trouble lies, to know where Satan is working his hardest at. And Father, we just pray that you give us the courage, the resources, the instructions to battle the, the, these evils of the world the way that they are. And just most importantly, that your word reaches every single lost soul that's out there. We just thank you, Father, for all the things that you bless us with. We thank you for this congregation. We thank you for the pastor for allowing us to come speak. And we just thank you for the ability to serve you in any way that we possibly can. Because, Father, what you've done for us can never be repaid. And we just all owe you a huge, huge debt of gratitude. And we owe you our lives. And we just pray for each and every one of us to serve you in the way that serves you best. In Jesus' name, amen.